think it's interesting as humans, and I fall into this trap all the time on complete control and ownership over my specific field or my specific position or what I'm doing on a daily basis. And how easily do I lose sight of the fact that if it weren't for our creator, I wouldn't even be here. Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. That's Matthew 2, 1 through 2. Today's discussion, of course, off of last week is Matthew 2, the chapter Matthew 2. Last week we talked about Matthew 1. If you haven't seen the podcast or heard the podcast yet, I would strongly suggest you check it out. And uh, this is the theme. We're going through this. So Matthew 3 will be next week, Matthew 4, so on and so forth. We call this podcast Discipleship Conditioning. We're excited that you're here. We're also excited for another podcast that we have starting. It's going to be called Biblical Anatomy. More on that here a little bit later. Uh, We're excited that you joined us. And uh, if you're new here, we'd like to introduce you to our mission and the benefit of each show. So benefit's pretty simple. We're covering a chapter of the Bible and every chapter's valuable. And we look forward to sharing our life application as it pertains to that chapter in the Bible. So that's the benefit. Our mission is to bring together Christians who strive to follow the light of God over the darkness of this world to renew our mindsets through shared experience and discipleship so we can better love the Lord our God following his commandments. As we go through Matthew 2, what I'd like to do, same as last week, is pick out some specific verses from Matthew 2 and talk about their application specific to my experience in my life and uh, hopefully share some wisdom that I may have with you. And uh, again, we want the lines of communication to be open. So we'd love for you to email us at hello at erroratphysiology.com and share with us your application from Matthew 2 as well. So we'll start off with Matthew 2, 3, Matthew 2, 3. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. You know, it's interesting. If you look at Matthew 2, 3, and then 2, 4, and 2, 5, look through it, and you see what his intention was, and sort of kind of trying to trick the wise men, and uh, what did it all stem from? Well, it sounds to me like it stemmed from some insecurity. He was troubled. It says that he was troubled. And uh, it's interesting to read this story and to think about it as just a story and why he would have been troubled. But in terms of 2023 in our life application, I would imagine we all have something that we could apply similar to this. Most of us have worked some sort of profession in our lives or attended some, some sort of university or high school in our lives or been on some sort of sports team. And we've probably encountered somebody that's better at what we do than we do. Here King Herod is, and he is introduced to the king of all kings. Clearly somebody that does his job, even as a baby, better than he does his job. And so he feels anxious, he feels troubled, he feels jealous. 
And if you continue reading on into Matthew 2, it's clear what he elects to do to kind of take care of things before they become too much of a problem. Have any of us got a little anxious when someone more qualified than us is around? Or even someone that's been hired to a similar position as us? I certainly know that I have. You have instances where, you know, our, our, the things that we value change throughout life, but in high school, you play a sport and you find somebody that's a better at your position and you're competing against that person and leads to insecurity. You're in your first job out of high school, first job out of college, and you find somebody that does it better than you do and you find yourself a little anxious, a little insecure. Now, none of these examples are truly applicable to uh, this example that we have here with Jesus because there's never this disparity in comparison. So it's kind of silly to use this as our example, but recall that we're not comparing God to man as this example is. We're calling, uh, we're comparing, excuse me, man to man. And in that sense, we're all equal. We're all men. Now we're blessed with different talents and some of us are good salesmen. Some of us are more frontline workers. Some of us are more researchers. Go on and go on. But the way we serve God in those different avenues is all equal. So why are we so troubled when somebody shows up that may be better at that service than us? I think it's interesting as humans, and I fall into this trap all the time, on complete control and ownership over my specific field or my specific position or what I'm doing on a daily basis and how easily do I lose sight of the fact that if it weren't for our creator I wouldn't even be here but yet I take that for granted and I show up here and then I try and make sure that everything around here is mine and everything that I have is taken care of and it's all me, me, me. It's all taken care of because of something that I did. Like, put my flag in the ground and praise me. You know, it's all pride. It's all pride. How often do we get caught in that rabbit trail, though, where we're going down thought after thought after thought, and next thing we get to something that's embedded in pride, and we were like, how do we? How did I get here, right? Because I let ourselves just get trapped and trapped and trapped. Even on the way to work today, <clears throat> I'm having some negative thoughts. There's been some confrontation lately and some negative thoughts. And I probably drive five miles and I stop and think, have I really been down this rabbit hole of pride and this rabbit hole of immaturity for five miles, for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever has it been? How easy we lose sight of the King of Kings. How easy we lose sight of the fact that we were put here for a specific purpose. It's, it's troubling and simultaneously humbling. I would assume you can relate to something that you have going on in your life. I assume we all can relate to King Herod in this instance where somebody shows up more qualified than us and it causes problems for us because we're prideful individuals. It's okay to be a prideful individual because you're human as long as you accept that, you repent, and then you work back towards it. And we're certainly not going to be perfect, but I think the first step is that we recognize where our issues with pride are. Uh, I think it's important in many other chapters of the Bible to recognize where our idols are. And we'll have many discussions over that over the coming chapters. But um, 
I've titled this episode Star so that we can focus on who, in fact, is the star and who should be subservient to him. In fact, to blow your mind, the King of Kings came and did what? He served, right? If anything, we should be serving him, but yet he came to serve us. Is that not profound? Can't really blame King Herod for feeling the way that he felt. Now, certainly I wouldn't uh, decide to uh, execute children under the age of two, right? King Herod and I are not similar in that regard, certainly. Um, But I can certainly relate to feeling troubled and inadequate. But yet the King of Kings who came to serve us tells us that we're worth something. Tells us that we're all his valuable children. We should want nothing more than to serve him. In Matthew 2, 9 through 10, after listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to the rest, to rest, over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Again, that's Matthew 2, 9 through 10. This Again, same lines on how miraculous this story is and and who we're here to serve and who clearly is the star and who needs to be the star in all all our lives, who needs to be the center of our lives. But it reminds me, when I was blessed enough to meet my in-laws for the first time and they introduced me as believers themselves to a documentary called The Star of Bethlehem. And it was very profound documentary. And if you're like me, if you're a science nerd and uh, um, you're looking for things that are scientific that can only further your, uh, your belief and your understanding, um, I would highly recommend you check this out. I think it was made in 2007, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's pretty easy to find online and I would highly recommend that you check it out. And I'll mention one thing that really applies to Matthew 2, 9 through 10. Um, The part of Matthew 2, 9 through 10 that made me think of this. In this story, right, they say, And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. Well, when have you ever seen something in motion, like a star, come to rest? A lot of secularists would point to this and say, well, clearly that can't happen, and we're going to go ahead and disregard the entire book because that can't happen, right? How little ye faith, right? Well, if you watch this Star of Bethlehem documentary, it actually introduces a term that I wasn't familiar with, and assuming you're not an astrophysicist, you're probably not familiar with either, and it's called retrograde motion or retrograde orbit. And what it describes is, because the Earth is not the center of the universe, as probably most of human history has thought so, the way we are orbiting around our star, the Sun, and the way that stars are orbiting around a galaxy, creates some very interesting points of reference. Uh, Point A, Earth. Point B, uh, the North Star that we're talking about here. They talk about every so often the way that things go is we have a rotation around a galaxy and an independent rotation around a solar system that every so often 
there almost appears, because we think of the Earth as us, again, the center of the universe and standing still, which obviously is not true, but because that's our vantage point, that's how it appears, that it almost appears that st stars, in this case the northern star, when they undergo de uh, the retrograde motion or retrograde orbit, they almost appear to stop. And in fact, they almost appear to reverse their orbit for a brief period of time until those two points of contact align into a quote-unquote normal position. And then the normal predictable orbits uh, seem to occur. And in fact, retrograde motion is predictable as well. I'm not going to state the documentary 100% correct, nor do I want to because I want you to check it out. But um, he speaks about these applications that you can get on your iPad these days where you can actually input a specific date and time and put yourself at a specific place on Earth. And you can actually look at what the night sky would have looked like during that time. And he uses some of these sophisticated softwares to go back, in theory, <clears throat> to that time and see what would have occurred. And I'll save the rest for the documentary. You check it out. But it's quite profound. And it holds true to what Matthew 2, 9 through 10 states. I'd love to hear what you think of the documentary. Again, our email is hello at erroratphysiology.com. Uh, love to hear that you checked it out and, and love to hear your thoughts and continue discussion on it. But as I'm reading through Matthew 2 over the last week, that's the first thing that pops out in verses 9 and 10. As I mentioned earlier, we're going to have a new podcast called Biblical Anatomy. This one is called Discipleship Conditioning. Uh, it has run on Wednesdays for a few months now. Uh, prior to that, it was every three days, and then we shifted to a weekly model. We're going to continue the weekly model. It may shift to Tuesday based on some obligations that I have coming on, some exciting opportunities that I have coming on that are going to occupy some of my Wednesday time. Um, but regardless of when we make the daily adjustment, it will still come out on a weekly basis. Thinking Monday, probably best for the Biblical Anatomy show. Again, as I've kind of mentioned previously, that show is going to take what we used to talk on this show about the Bible. Um, it's going to apply a biblical spin to anatomy and physiology. And it's really going to be geared to help the college freshmen in the typical pitfalls that you would experience in a uh, bio 226 or a bio 227. Some colleges, maybe it's a bio 100 or a bio 101. Unlikely, those are probably a general biology courses, but nevertheless, your intro to anatomy and physiology courses, which are generally a freshman uh, or sophomore level collegiate course. And so this will be dedicated to Bible study, this podcast, Discipleship Conditioning, and the other podcast, Biblical Anatomy, will be dedicated towards my profession of anatomy and physiology and how I can serve those that uh, are going through that difficult course. Really excited to announce that uh, I feel strongly that the Lord is calling us in a very specific direction. I honestly feel that he's calling us to start a school. As wild as that sounds, I feel like he's calling us to start a school. And we have no idea what that looks like yet. Um, but we want to put the pieces together as they are revealed to us and do whatever is necessary to uh, 
follow God's will and make that happen and be subservient to the star of the show. We want to do that with every aspect of our lives. This is no different. Uh, We hope that we are models of that. And we hope that when we come short, as we often do, we are quickly reminded so we can correct our behavior and not continue down that path. Our goal, at least tentatively, is to sort of soft launch until the end of the year and in January of 2024 to really kick the tires on this school idea. It's ambitious and it's uh, assuming that we will have that much revelation by that point in time. Again, many ways that you can communicate with us and we'd love for you to communicate with us. Uh, Let us know what you're thinking and what you think about that idea. Um, And again, it's more or less, it's not an idea. It's a calling. It's something we believe that we are called to do. So we're really excited to see what that turns into and we'll continue to give snippets of what that's going to look like as we progress forward and at least tentatively planning on a strong launch in January of 2024 where we will disclose a bunch of information regarding that. I have a passion in this area as an educator. I have a unique experience working in the public school systems at the K through 12 level, specifically the high school level. And I have a unique experience at working both at a public college, a public university, and a private college. And so I've seen a lot of things that the general public has not seen. And I see some significant errors that we have in the education system uh, that need to be rectified. And we plan to do that. It's a big task, but we are excited for the opportunity. It kind of leads into the story, which is really more of an opinion uh, than a story today, um, on whether or not to go to college. Perhaps you are a high school junior, high school senior listening to this, and you're thinking about, should I go to college? You know, maybe my parents really want me to go to college, and uh, I'm just not sure if I should. I've talked with this with a number of people, and this is my opinion, nothing more, nothing less, Uh, but I think that if you want to be a doctor, if you want to be a lawyer, if there's something very specific in engineering that you'd like to do, uh, college can be warranted. But for the majority of us, myself included, hence why I say us, at 18 years old, I had no idea what I wanted to do. In fact, I didn't really truly go back to college until I was 27 and committed. Hence why I'm using the degrees that I've acquired at this point in time. Had I acquired a degree or multiple degrees uh, at the traditional age, I can almost guarantee you I would not be using them. So... If I were to rewind time or be able to speak to my 18-year-old self, I would probably tell myself to invest in a trade. Even invest in entrepreneurship, something that I can kick the tires on. You know, they say that what does the average entrepreneur fail, like seven businesses or something like that? Well, why not fail seven businesses than fail seven different degrees? Certainly going to be a lot less expensive for you especially in this day and age where most businesses you can start with an internet connection and a laptop. So do I think college is for everyone? Well, certainly not for everyone. If you're very set and some students are at a very young age on what they're going to do, I think college is very worthwhile. But I think because most people aren't in that position and institutions are charging ridiculous amounts of money 
and student loan debt is at an all-time high, and it's essentially guaranteed that that debt will never be paid back uh, in full. There may be a person here or a person there that pays theirs back in full, but the entire bill will never be paid. I think it's unwise to look at the traditional system that we've been used to over the last 100 to 200 years. I think that we're going to see a mass exodus in the universities. Uh, I think we're going to see a mass avoidance. I think you'll still see people graduating from public schools. I think you're going to see a lot more people graduating from private schools. And I think you're going to see a lot more people graduating from home schools. But through all three avenues, I think you're going to see a lot of avoidance towards the typical methods that most of us have been accustomed to at colleges and universities. I think that people are going to be looking for different opportunities to educate themselves. And let's face it, we live in a world of YouTube and Rumble and all these different uh, sources of media that you can learn just about anything you want. I mean, with all honesty, probably 80 to 90% of what I've learned about a chainsaw has been through YouTube videos. And I believe that if I really wanted to dedicate my life's work to becoming a lumberjack or an arborist, I could do most of the training necessary by learning from others. And thankfully, there are a lot of really qualified lumberjacks and arborists that share their information online. I subscribe to their channels because it's entertaining what they do on a daily basis. Now, certainly I would have to sit for a board exam or some sort of certification and probably have to take some coursework, but I certainly wouldn't need to go in debt fifty dollars to $100,000 to get a bachelor's degree to be able to sit for that. So I'm really interested to see what the education system looks like, and God's never wrong, and he's never led me stray before, so I believe that we're going to play a significant role, whether it just be here locally in Boise, Idaho, or nationally or globally with an online presence in providing an alternative route for students that are looking for an alternative route that are done with the typical brick and mortar ways, the traditional systems. I look forward to future conversations where I can share some of the insight that I have through my experience to maybe shed some light on public education, both at the K through 12 level and the college university level. But it's an opinion and it's one worth thinking about. And uh, I do believe it to be true. Wouldn't be in my opinion if I felt otherwise, of course. As we conclude this episode, just a reminder, we are self-sponsored, so we'd appreciate your visit of our website, erratphysiology.com. If nothing else, just tell us what you think of it. Think of the layout and the navigation and what we have to offer. We'd appreciate that feedback and appreciate your correspondence. Uh, underneath that, our subdomains are community.erratphysiology.com, where we have our community, podcast.erratphysiology, where you can find this podcast and soon to follow the other podcast, links.erratphysiology.com, where you can find all the different links that we um, share our URLs, our affiliate marketing URLs for different products that we've purchased and use um, that we would recommend to someone else. And, uh, and whatnot. And the website will continue to grow and we'll have more things come in here and there uh, day by day and week by week. 
So what's a take home message for today? Well, I've titled the episode again, Star. And so I really feel that the take home message here is how can we recognize that we are not the star and recognize how easy it is to become egotistical and get lost in the negativity and get lost in the moment. But most importantly, recognize that we are not the star and remind ourselves that we are not the star. Not only are we not the star, but as I've said before, someone more qualified than anyone has come to serve. As profound as that is, should we not follow? The answer is obvious. Of course we should. We should serve in the way that our master, that our Lord and Savior has served. He is the perfect role model. There will never be anything better. Let us follow that path. I hope that you find our message beneficial to you, that you find our message worthwhile. Uh, We appreciate ratings, reviews, communication, all of that stuff. We'd love for this message to continue to grow and to get out to the people that need to hear the message and uh, communicate through our community and email and those sorts of things. We love you. And as we always do, let's conclude with the Lord's Prayer. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.